Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. The provincial election. Yeah, don't forget about that with all the other things going on here today. That uh, June 7th, there will be a provincial election. And of course, this past weekend, the Ontario Progressive Conservatives selected Doug Ford, former Toronto City Councillor, as their leader, their the guy that's going to lead the, the, the fold, carry the banner for them heading into this provincial election, and uh, it didn't take uh, Ford long to start with the bombast about what he's going to do, uh, even mentioning in his acceptance speech, Kathleen Wynne, your days are numbered as Premier, uh, and talking in uh, recent days now about just what he intends to bring to the race. And uh, it's uh, rather interesting. Uh, he's being characterized by his supporters as uh, as a uh, populist, as somebody who speaks for the, the little guy, the taxpayer here in Ontario. Uh, he says he's going to get rid of the elites in government, uh, this, of course, from a guy who's a uh, very, very wealthy businessman from Etobicoke, uh, and by definition, I guess, is an elite, but I guess he's uh, the champion of the, uh, the the little guy, not the elites themselves. Uh, well, message not unlike what we heard in the presidential election last year. So what kind of impact is this going to have on the race, and, uh, and how is it going to impact the other two leaders as they try to formulate their strategies? Let's bring Barry Kay into the conversation, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University. Barry, thanks for the time. Great to have you with us today. Good morning, Bill. Uh, for for poli-sci guys and for uh, people that just love the politics, boy, this is uh, this is red meat for us. There's more stuff going on here. But be, before we get into Doug Ford and the implications he's going to have on the race, what do you think about the leadership and how things went on Saturday? Well, they didn't. <laughs> the um, Look, uh, you know, again, the Conservatives were a victim of circumstance. It was virtually a tie vote. In fact, uh, now that we've seen some numbers, it, it looks like um, it looks like Christine Elliott actually had the most support, but they had this this funny system and this rationale for it, uh, where, in fact, each riding would be weighted the same. But it meant that a couple of the far northern ridings, where I'm told something like 30 people voted, uh, whereas you know 10 times that many or more may have voted in other ridings, that meant that the people who voted up in up in those far north ridings had 10 times the impact of the others, and that was why, ultimately, because it ended up being so close, nobody could have predicted it was going to be that close. Although, you know, let me ask you about that because I know that political science professors and some of the pundits that were trying to kill time on the broadcast on Saturday because they, they were you know, waiting for this thing to finally end. They they kept coming back to that and saying, well, this is a more fair system. It gives equal weight. It doesn't, actually. It's, it, I think it's quite the opposite. Well, it's a different kind of system. Uh, it, what it does is avoid the following situation, which is uh, candidates might be able to flood a few writings with a large number a number of uh, members remember that the memberships are normally a response to candidates going out and signing up all sorts of new members mm-hmm. some of those people may be party loyalists but many aren't uh, in fact in some cases there's probably fraud and people have their memberships paid for them um, that too can be a problem i mean we we emphasize the problem that emerged saturday because of the system that was in place uh, one can imagine and I, I think the conservatives are the only party that does it quite this way right now um, look, in the old, old days, uh, you basically had uh, conventions where delegates just showed up. People at the local riding level would pick delegates. Actually, I thought those were fun. I mean, this goes back to my youth now. Back in the days when Trudeau and Stanfield and others, uh, Mulroney and Clark, were, um, were, were getting selected, uh, that indeed there was much more drama at those conventions as a TV event. Um, this was deemed to be fairer. Um, I'm sure they didn't anticipate it was going to end this particular way. I really can't blame them specifically. I'm sure the 
opposition parties for a few days will make some hay with it, saying that if the Tories can't run a convention, how can they run the government? But I don't think that issue is going to be something we're going to be talking about three months from now. And, and again, I mean, I, I can voice my concern about, you know, that and the fact that, you know, somebody who lives up in Blind River uh, had a lot more influence on the selection of, of the leader than somebody who lives in, in Rexdale, for instance. But it is what it is. And, and uh, I... <laughs> I guess we go back to Winston Churchill's quote, you know, democracy is still the best political system, given the, the comparison with everyone else. Yeah, no, look, uh, there there were there are problems with this. I don't want to diminish that. I just want to suggest there's potential problems with the other system. Exactly. Where people can just buy as many memberships for people and have them vote. It seems to me that that was part of Patrick Brown's appeal. He was great at organizing people to be signed up for membership. Now, in fact, he ultimately won under that, that, um, the, the same kind of, kind of system as well. One of the interesting parallels between the Brown selection and this one is that, in fact, Brown was, in fact, deemed to be uh, on the right wing of the party, a social conservative, and that was his appeal for people that supported him back I guess it was about four years ago, I think it was 2014 when he was selected. Mm -hmm. um, and indeed, those were the people that seemed to have made the difference with regard to Ford's election as well. Some of them, of course, being people who had originally voted for uh, Tanya Granik-Allen, who was very much a very avowedly um, um, and, and energetic uh, social conservative supporting you know, issues like reform on, uh, on, on sex education and, and abortion and so forth. Um, the problem for the conservatives, though, is that while undoubtedly within the party there's a very strong constituency, it was evident in 2014 with Brown. Brown ultimately, of course, turned tail and decided he wanted to win the election, and he sort of moved much more toward the center and again gave up some of those social conservative policies. I'm not sure what's going to happen with regard to Ford, but the winning a provincial election in Ontario, which is a very centrist kind of province, uh, involves different kind of people than winning the conservative nomination. Um, we, we found that um, Brown made the calculation that he had to move away from his natural tendencies to move toward the center. Uh, it's not clear what's, what, uh, what Ford is going to do, whether or not he is going to move to the center. Um, certainly among the initial thoughts I have about this, though, is that apart from Tanya Allen, who would have been terrific for the liberals, that in fact Ford winning the election rather than or winning the, um, the leadership uh, rather th than Elliot is certainly good news for, for the Liberals. I think the Liberals certainly start way behind. In fact, there was a poll uh, just over the weekend suggesting they're now running third behind the NDP. I'm not sure that's going to hold. But nonetheless, the, the Liberals are taking a hit. The Liberals are in no sense on even footing with the Conservatives going into this. But they do have a chance. They have a chance because of the fact that Ford is a more unpredictable figure. Uh, shooting much more from the hip. Some are com comparing, of course, to Trump, and the, much of his style is like that. But I'd compare him to his brother. Um, and indeed, I don't really know Doug Ford very well. He had one term on city council. He's not the kind of guy who's very accommodating with others. He wants to very much to do it his own way. He was very much a supporter of his brother. But indeed, the, uh, the, the prism I would look at um, Ford through right now is, the, is to sort of look at how his brother Rob, who of course is no longer with us, but how Rob handled things. And I think that's something that at least gives the Liberals an opportunity going into this election. Maybe the NDP as well. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.